0: Arsenal suffered their first Premier League setback of the season at Old Trafford last Sunday as they played well but lost 3-1. The win for United further evidence that they're on the right track under Eric Ten Hag, even though that road to recovery may well be a long one. There are just three points between the two clubs, which shows you how quickly football fortunes can change. I'm Kevin Hatchard and this is Football Only Better. One thing that never changes is the standard of our top-tipping team. Mark O'Hare has been crunching the numbers once again in the bet cave, so you don't have to. Mark, let's focus first on Arsenal's game against Everton. Firstly, how did you feel Arsenal performed at Old Trafford? And this game against Everton, you've talked about this a lot, game at home against a bottom-half team, it's the kind of game they love, isn't it?
1: Yeah, particularly against Everton as well. Their record at home to Everton is, is pretty uh, flawless over the past 20-odd years or so. But I thought they played well at Old Trafford. Um I thought we learned a lot about their credentials to be a top four candidate, uh, the way in which they approached the game, the chances they created, or at least the the possession and, and territory that they they garnered and, and sort of got into the final third. Then things broke down a little bit, uh, but I thought the courage was there, which we probably haven't seen too often from Arsenal in the past when they go away to big six teams. Possibly lacked a little bit of maturity in terms of the defensive line and, and, and shape they, they took up and, and were allowed to be bullied at times. But um, yeah, a big improvement on previous seasons but i think the biggest barometer we'll get from arsenal and how successful they can be this season will be in the coming weeks because they're entering European competition, which is a distraction that they didn't have last season. It does add a big extra hurdle in terms of recovery and preparation, uh, even more so this season because of the condensed campaign now before the World Cup. So, um, yeah, I mean, immediately after the, the international break this month, we'll we'll get a, a really good picture because they got a five-match sequence which involves home games against Tottenham, Liverpool and Man City as well. So, um, yeah, I thought uh, despite defeat, there was positives from an Arsenal perspective, but... Um, I think, you know, in the next six to eight weeks, we'll really know if Arsenal are candidates, not just to be top four, but potentially push Man City hard as the as the best of the rest, as it seems to be at the moment. But yeah, coming into this weekend, um, you've kind of read my mind, really, it's all listeners with the same stuff and, and parroting the same stats every week. But yeah, it's Arsenal at home, at odds on, against bottom half opposition. We've seen this... Uh, seen this movie before really and um, they're just so consistent and I don't particularly mind that they're going to Zurich on Thursday night it's not the worst away day they will rest and rotate for that um, and I expect them to do a job over Everton uh, I expect them to do it in, in reasonably un, un, sort of um, well unsexy fashion really you know you look at their their record at home under Arteta in the Premier League just five games of 51 have featured five goals or more so immediately I look towards Arsenal to win an under four and a half goals as you say where Everton's goal is going to come from. Um, you know, Neil Mopé is a, a valuable addition, uh, at least he's a striker that they've got now available for them. But uh, I still worry about their chance creation. Defensively, they have been a lot more stout since Cody and, and Tarkovsky filled in there at center half. Um, Anana as well protecting the the, the defence. But uh, Jordan Pickford's been playing out of his skin this season, not just last weekend. Either he's presented... Well, yeah, XG against Everton so far this season is 10.3. He's conceded six goals. So, you know, there's a big difference there between uh, the chances that they're allowing and the goals that they're conceding. So I do expect them to fall short. I don't expect them to offer a huge amount going forward. The price on Arsenal to win the four-off goals is a little bit short. We can bolster it, though, from around about one8 to 6 to 4, 2.48 on the sports book by just dipping in and backing Gabriel Jesus to either score or assist. Um, I thought he was brilliant despite um, all the physicality he suffered against Man United last week. And uh, I think he just continues to. To sort of provide the finishing touch for Arsenal require, they've got so many you know, quality inventive players now in forward areas, Martinelli's had a, a cracking start to the campaign, Martin Odegaard as well. Um, yeah, I just expect him to, to be on the end of something or at least set someone up in in what should be a, a relatively routine home win.
0: Bedfair trader and tipster Emmet O'Keefe is with us. He's very confused by the fact that Manchester United are winning games on a regular basis. It's very unsettling for him. Uh, They take on Crystal Palace at Selhurst Park. This feels like a really good test of where United are at, actually, doesn't it? Because you've got a Palace team. It's got so much quality on the break. So many players that can hurt you if you're not structurally sound. But United did look structurally sound against Arsenal.
2: Yeah, I, I I would totally agree. I think like the, the kind of the Leicester game, as as Mark Stinchcombe outlined, I think Leicester Leicester have been so poor this season that like United are holding them to kind of a low XG and chance total is is is, is nothing to be proud of. And in the Southampton away match, Southampton deserve a draw there really, because like, Southampton slightly better XG figures and really push United back. And you were kind of worrying about the kind of lack of athleticism in the Man eye team during that game, and even Lars the last week like. I thought I thought Gabriel Jesus really got the better of uh, Martinez and Vran. and I still think there's serious question marks. Whether that centre half duo, duo can be a kind of a be, be, can can really be kind of what you want for a team pushing for top four. Um, so I, I, I kind of I think the match prices are pretty fair. I think I expect this to be to, to be to be quite a close game. The bet I liked again is just in the goal score markets. Marcus Rashford's around a seven to one shot to score first. Which just 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 seems a bit big, given given he's playing as United central striker, and United are around close to even even money to win the match. Of United's regular starters, he's the most most shots of any United player. He's kind of player that's kind of his his confidence has seriously improved after being kind of on the floor the last eighteen months. The one kind of caveat is that he clearly, I think, as well. He's a guy, who, he loves the teams that, that kind of play the high line and give him space to run into. We saw that in, in where he's been most successful have been the games against Arsenal Liverpool, where he's had that space. And he might not have that against Palace, but even that said, just him playing as the central striker, the price of 7-1 to to score for first and 12-5 to one, 12 to five score anytime is just a bit big. So that's the way I'd look.
0: Our resident maths whiz and betting expert Mark Stinchcombe is with us once again. Stinch... Palace are a really interesting side because they've made these big strides under Patrick Vieira. But how far can they really go? Because you look at that top six and it seems locked off. Does Vieira still have the same set of objectives that Roy Hodgson had, for example? You keep us up, you maybe have a decent run in one of the cups, but that's about as far as they can go. What's their ceiling, do you think?
3: Yeah, it's a good question because I think it probably applies to a lot of clubs, even outside the Premier League. Like, what actually do you want out of your your football team? Um, because you know, there's a lot of people that uh, criticize Norwich's approach, for example, but. They have one season where they win every week in the championship and everyone's having a fantastic time out, yeah. know, lovely away days or whatever. Then they go in the Premier League, they try and survive and, you know, they get they get some nice days out, some big grounds again, obviously don't get the, the results that they want um but once they go back down the championship they're a stable team and they're ready to attack and they're you know they're doing that again already or do you push the 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 budget out and you end up like a a Leeds or a bolton or even a berry and go extinct you know um and it wasn't that long ago where they you know they did try and evolve and they gave it to frank Deboer and they sacked him after four games bottom of the league and then hodgson came in and I don't really want to say perform miracles, but he overachieved keeping them up on the style of play. Um, so I think, you know, they've only had one season under Vieira. Uh, really liked, um, you know, how they how they played football. Um, he's really getting a good tune out of Wilfred Zaha. You know, his goal scoring record, you know, he's getting his numbers up. A lot of strikers will tell you that that's what matters for them. And, you know, we know that goals do change games and do have a big impact. You can obviously see he's a very good player on the ball, but his output maybe wasn't at the level that you would expect for somebody that was obviously bought for a lot of money for uh, by Man United. Um so yeah, and they got obviously got to semi final against Chelsea. I don't think they were disgraced at all in that semi final. Obviously, they missed Conor Gallagher probably quite a lot. Um, uh, but you know they brought in the they brought in some more more players to try and combat that. You're getting another twelve months out of Eze, Michael Elise, who are two really really good young fantastic players. So yeah, I just think continue to evolve really. Obviously, avoiding relegation is minimum requirement, but you'd like to try and think they might be able to finish in top half. Um, and yeah, have, maybe have a cut run or if, you know, we, as we've mentioned, it is like a season like no other with Arsenal, uh, United, West Ham. They might get distracted by Europe and maybe there is a possibility for somebody to come out of the pack. I think everybody's expecting Newcastle to be that team, but that's just based on the fact that they've got lots of money, not necessarily how they're, they're playing football because they're not. Yeah. When they do win games, Newcastle, they're only winning by single goals, really, and that, that's not really sustainable either. Um, they're picking up some injuries recently as well. Um, real ones not fake ones Um, so yeah I think Palace's uh, ceiling uh, you know I think a good season for them will be top half I'm not sure how much anybody really likes cups anymore but maybe that's just the big teams and you know Palace did obviously got to the final I think it was 2015. For fans it's still a massive (laughs) deal though isn't it if you're
0: I mean this is the thing I think we forget sometimes isn't it that if you've got a club Palace is a great example, probably. I remember doing what, I think their win over Arsenal, I was at Selhurst Park for that when they won 3-0 and they played ever so well. I think the next game was the semi-final and it's all they were talking about and you read the programme notes, but like everything in the programme was about that semi-final coming up. And I guess if you know, look, Palace are not going to win the league. I know Leicester won the league, but Palace are not going to win the league. So if you know that, then a cup run and a good style of play is what you want. And I think you're absolutely right about Norwich. If you're Norwich, what's the point of spending $150 to finish 16th? Because then you've kind of potentially weakened your financial position going forward. You might go down the next year and then you can't afford to come back up for ages. So, yeah, there's a debate to be had there, isn't there, about what you actually expect from your football club. And and how high you could really get.
3: Yeah, and with business nowadays, you need to, well, football. As I say with football actually being more of a business nowadays, you need to treat it like a business. So you need to do your sort of two, three, four, five year projections, and see actually where you realistically want to end up, and and how much that's going to cost you. Um, as I say, like, it, it's 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 kind of. It's a shame it's gone this way. that money obviously rules football so much because, I mean, it's fantastic that Leicester won the league during this period because, you know, it gives hope to everybody still. Um, But yeah, like, you know, as you said, teams that are not in the big six in the Premier League if, if they are probably going to stay up like we think Palace are like is it is it that exciting just surviving essentially um, so that that is a question but anyway um, I do think actually in this match one thing you can look out for there's no markers available yet but uh, Man United have got a propensity for picking up uh, yellow cards um, especially this season and also uh, last season as well and 16 of the last 21 away matches they've collected at least two or more cards so you can either look at that market or you could look at some player booking multiples Emmett mentioned how comfortable they were where leicester yet three of the back four still managed to collect yellow cards and you look at the likes of uh, martinez malas malasia i'm not sure if that's quite how you pronounce malasia, it yeah uh diego dallo uh bruno fernandez they like kick and then ask questions later so you yes. could probably get some very nice doubles <laughs> at, at definitely double figure prices back in a few of those maybe to get booked uh, once you know the team lineups
0: yeah, Malassi is a proper little pocket rocket. He, he's aggressive, and I think that's why Eric Ten Hag likes him so much. Especially, uh, this football-
3: sorry, especially in a sorry, host- I was going to say like, I think we, I think we can say hostile. I think the Palace fans, I think they've evolved as well. I think they're they're fantastic. They're they're yeah, Tifos and um, banners. They're like, and I think they're getting even more people involved and. Uh, They're not ultras, I wouldn't say, but I think they're the closest thing you maybe could find to ultras. And I think they're driving on the team even more. The atmosphere at Sellers Park um, looks fantastic to me.
0: Yeah, I totally agree with that. Completely, I, th- I think it's a it's it's a great place as a as a journalist to work actually because the atmosphere there is sensational. Uh, this football season, you can get a helping hand with Betfair's popular Bet Builder. Easily add our most popular or fan favourite football selections to your bet slip in just one tap. T's and C's in the description. 18 plus. See GambleAware.org to. Italy and Juventus have made a sloppy start to the season. Stinch, they've got Salernitana. Juventus kind of flickered into life a bit in Paris against PSG, but they were second best by quite a significant way, weren't they?
3: Yeah, I think it was all about damage limitation in that game. And I think that's what they ended up managing to do, basically. I mean, PSG were were 1-3 to to win that match. Um, You know, if you historically PSG v. Juventus it's not a one to three game is it you know that we'd no. say they're quite on uh, on history, they should be quite level, but it's just because Juventus have got a bit of an injury crisis at the moment. So for them, I'd say it's damage damage limitation, and they'll focus their priorities on on the other games. And e- even having said all of that, they are actually undefeated in 26 of the last 29 matches in 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 Syria. So it's not as if they're they don't obviously they're not that easy on the eye. But you know, I think we've discussed in the past, Allegri ball he, he, he does tend to manage to get results, um, albeit he can't actually get titles, I think, because the likes of Inter, Milan and Napoli are making big strides. Um... This is the problem,
0: isn't it? Because Allegri ball back in the day would have worked because the level of the other clubs, the other clubs just didn't have their act together at all, by and large. Now, Milan are well run and have just been taken over. Inter have got really good squad, despite the fact Suning are trying to make the books balance Napoli I'll freely admit I got them completely wrong I thought losing Koulibaly Insigne Mertens or Fabian Ruiz all in the same summer I thought they were gone for top four and they've made some brilliant signings and they've just wiped the floor with Liverpool so yeah I think you're right Stinch I think it's the fact that Juve have, have got a bit worse everybody else has gone past them
3: Exactly, exactly. So when they're playing these lesser lights, I think we can still we can still trust them, but we know the way they play football doesn't really lend itself to high-scoring games. So yeah, Juve are four to eleven against Lernatana. So I was just looking at Juve to win and, and under three point five goals are even. evens. So I think that's a, a nice boost, and I don't think you'll see people many people out there backing over three and a half goals anyway. I mean Juve's last eleven home wins have all been uh, under three and a half goals, and generally they're they're sort of two nil, one nils, not not two ones. They, they do have been keeping a lot of. Clubs sheets and I think we can trust it to be low scoring because they are missing the creati- creativity of the likes of Pogba, Di Maria, uh, Chiesa um, but I do think they've got enough to get the job done at both ends of the pitch because they've still got Vlahovic and Milik he's still you know they are still very 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 good strikers um, who are capable of scoring something out of nothing I mean we've seen Vlahovic from free kicks <laughs> um, I didn't know that he had that in his armory um, yeah that's a new thing to frighten defenders <laughs> with isn't it <laughs> Yeah, and then we've got uh, Bonucci, obviously, in defence, and we've we've got Bremer from uh, Torino, who was one of the best defenders last season, so I think they've got enough basically at both ends of the pitch, and actually, since uh, Davide Nicola came in at Salernitana in February last season, and obviously did a fantastic job in keeping them up, one of the things he did make was them uh, a little bit harder to to beat, especially on the road. Uh, Eight of the last ten away matches have been uh, under two and a half goals, and here I'm talking about under 3.5, so still got the cushion of an extra goal, and, and that included two or defeat away at Juve so yeah Juve to win and under 3.5 goals at, at evens is, is decent enough to boost 4 to 11 because I don't envisage a high scoring game We will come back to Stinch
0: for another Serie A tip, actually. But first, it's Mark My Words, the feature in which I just came up with the title and uh, came up with a feature just to wrap around it. How this works is Mark O'Hare, the Mark in Mark My Words, uh, comes up with a European nap for us each weekend. And Mark, we're on the private jet and we are heading to France.
1: Yes, uh, glamorous uh, Angers, uh, I think it's Stad Raymond Kepa Stadium or something like that. Um, yes, Kepa. Um, yeah. Yes, that's it. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the secret of goals in, in Ligue 1 has been uh, busted in recent weeks. I think many people are sort of cottoning on to the fact that uh, games have been pretty entertaining. Goal-filled, loads of red cards, loads of both teams to score winners as well. Um, it's Marco Hare's league, people. <laughs> <laughs> it is this season, yeah. And um, yeah, I mean... Basically, we've got two of the chief protagonists taking taking uh, taking on each other on Sunday, Angers and Montpellier. Uh, I think over two and a half goals at 1.85 is, is too big, and I think it will be sure to come kick off. Um, just in raw numbers terms, and I know this isn't a way to sort of price up games, but I think it's interesting enough that these two teams collectively have played 12 games this season, and over two and a half goals has landed in 10. Over three and a half goals has landed in nine of those 12 and over four and a half has landed in five of those 12 with both teams scoring in eight. Um, They failed to score just twice in those 12 and kept three clean sheets. And those 12 collective games are averaging 4.25 goals per game. So small samples, but pretty overwhelming stuff in favour of goals. I think I've talked about Montpellier a couple of times already this season, but they are a team under the charge of Olivier Delolio, who just um, are renowned really for their expansive approach. Traditionally, very much a a forward-thinking team, uh, but they've been doing some great stuff so far this season. But despite missing their chief playmaker, Teji Savanier, who's been suspended for three games, he's back this weekend. uh, So I expect them to cause... Angers, plenty of problems. An Angers team who've had a bit of a troubling time during the summer. Uh, Four teams go down in France this season. Uh, They've had basically a failed takeover through the summer and have been struggling to sort of um, fill their ranks with quality players after letting a few key players depart. And uh, they're struggling defensively. They've conceded 16 goals already. uh, Were absolutely sliced and diced by Lyon last weekend but they do provide a threat going forward. And as I've said previously, Montpellier just cannot be trusted to keep their own back door shut. So I think this has got all the ingredients to be quite a fun and exciting goal-filled game. So um, overs is 1.85, implies around about a a 54% chance that we get three goals or more. And I think the league is operating around a 61% hit rate so far for overs. And these two teams are very much towards the top end of that too. So strong trends and I think strong long-term trends too, supporting uh, the likelihood of a goal-filled game.
0: If you've never seen Teji Savanier play, treat yourself and watch this game uh, this weekend. He is fun. Uh, Lazio against Verona then, Stinch. Are we going down the goals route here as well?
3: Yeah, I think it's it sounds too obvious, but uh, I've had a look and I'm I'm quite happy to to get involved. I mean, over two and a half goals is, is less than eight to thirteen, and, and both teams to score is just four to six. So I think yeah, just a standard throw them two together and get a nice ten to eleven of over two point five and both teams to score. I mean, I quickly do the very quick Lazio stats. I think that we don't have probably have to worry about them them too much. Um, 23 of the last 30 have gone over 2.5 16 of 22 at home 13 of the last 18 have seen both teams score and 11 of the last 15 at home so very very strong numbers for Lazio Uh, Verona 14 of their last 18 of of matches have seen both teams score but I think we have to uh, step back a little bit from that and obviously realize there's been a lot of change in Verona over the summer they obviously lost Eagle Tudor um they lost Giovanni Simeone they lost Antonio Barak sort of you know a lot of key personnel there but he's I quite... a really good player he went to
0: Fiorentina yes I think, yes so and one he's, of those he's excellent yeah really and one of player. those
3: weird loan deals that uh obviously some agents are getting extra payments out of I don't know um it's a bit bizarre isn't it right nobody seems to do transfers anymore you get all these r- weird loans um there's obviously something dodgy going on but there we go um but I quite like Stinch the... Investigates
0: that's our new show here on Betfair Stinch Investigates digging think... into the seedy world of football transfers
3: <laughs> probably can't make any money in that so I'm probably better concentrating on, <laughs> on Israel second league corners instead um but no I quite like the the business that Verona have done uh, to bring to replace to replace those players they got Thomas Henry from relegation venezia who got nine goals last season which i think is is a pretty decent return for a relegated team he's already kicked off the season with two and they got him on a free transfer um i'm not sure how they managed that one um again maybe probably nothing dodgy it's only italy um simone verdi they've got on loan who once went for like you know 25 million pound plus when he moved to napoli he was very good at torino previously um he's obviously lost his way a little bit but this is an opportunity for him to find his way back and um kevin lasagna uh, he didn't score that many last season, but previously he's been quite good for Udinese. So I, I think that I think you know between those three, they can do enough to to cause a few teams some damage. And yeah, hopefully similar to last season. I mean, it's three three at the Olympico, and then Gio Simeone scored four in one game as they beat Lazio four one at home. Um, I only need three goals here, and both teams scoring, but uh, I, I would be uh, it would be great to watch if we saw a, a similar repeat to their two heads up last season. While Stinch uh, racks up the legal bills as several Serie A clubs
0: come after him, uh, (laughs) we will look at one of the big Champions League fixtures that's coming up soon, the Erling Haaland derby between Manchester City and Borussia Dortmund. You can get a £5 free bet by staking a £5 bet builder on this game. T's and C's in the description, 18plus, see gambleaware.org. So, I know it's early days, I know it's still a while until this City-Dortmund game, but if we were to put a bet builder together for it, which way would we go? I'll start with Emmett.
2: Yeah, I'll, I'll um again, yeah, we've could have no uh, no prices to go off here, but just kind of I'll I'll, I'll probably
0: just vibes. Just Yeah, vibes, <laughs> just
2: just, just, just <laughs> so just for just rec- recommendations here. Yeah, I think maybe I think like probably er- Erling Haaland's score assist kind of Mark Stinchko's best is the obvious one but it might be kind of slightly too too short a price here. Um, just, I just my kind of main take in the game would be, I'm not sure Dortmund have the ability to really kind of keep it tight defensively and kind of keep the score down. So, I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be shocked if this is a kind of a, 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 a five or maybe if City score four or five goals here. So yeah, probably. Oh. oh over over three and a half, over four and a half goals, is over three and a half is currently run even money. But I don't think that's even a bad bet, given the threat to Dorman providing the counter-attack and how open I expect the game to be. So over three and a half goals is the way it looks.
0: That was a nice little chunky start. Uh, Stinch, I'll give you the Haaland opportunity, but would you just go for him to score rather than score or assist? Because it might be a touch too short,
3: or how would you go with it? Now I'm happy to make things quite juicy and go for something that doesn't happen very often, but because of the context of it's against his former club, I think maybe throwing him to be carded, probably looking at maybe five to one or even maybe six to one or something. Um, he doesn't get carded very often, but in the, in the, in Europe, He's uh, he's picked up the odd card in the big games. So uh, knockout tie against uh, Sevilla when he was at Dortmund. He got booked in both of those legs. Uh, He's been booked away at PSG. And he seems a lovely guy, but he may have some beef or maybe the Dortmund defenders might try and get under his skin a little bit. So, yeah, there could be an angle there. So, yeah, Er uh, Erling Haaland um, to get booked.
0: I seem to remember he was in a really naughty mood in that away game at Sevilla. Wasn't that the one where he scored the penalty and then he leant down to Bono and shouted something? Not Bono the U2 star, of course, <laughs> Bono the uh, Sevilla goalkeeper. I seem to remember he said something derogatory to him in that game. Uh, Mark, what have you got for us?
1: Well, if the guys are being ballsy about things, I can just sort of play the open goal, should I? Because uh, I think I, I agree with Emmett. Uh, Dortmund is starting to grow on me. Um, wasn't impressed with their opening couple of outings but they seem to be heading in the right direction now but they've got some key players back Oshkan in, in midfield has made a difference and I think Anthony Modest gives that attack something a bit of Something a bit different, a bit of variety really. And Marco Royce is playing really well this season too. And midweek we saw the, the first outing of Sula and Schotterbeck at centre half. But you know, this is a, a big, big step up in class going to the Etihad HAD now. So um I'll just play the open goal and take Man City to win. You've got over three and a half goals and Haaland to, to be carded too to sort of jump that price up anyhow. So um yeah, I expect City to win with with room to spare. So cheers for leaving the the ball on the on the line for me to yes. tuck in.
0: Lovely stuff. Uh, Just as a sign of how little my wife is interested and likes football, by the way, she thought for many years that Dortmund had an Irish striker called Mark O'Royce. Uh, because she'd heard me shouting that uh, in commentary and on voiceover for many years. So there we go. Mark O'Royce leading the line uh, for Dortmund in midweek. That's all we have time for on this edition of Football Only Better. Please do remember to gamble responsibly. Lots of quality previews on our website, uh, betting.betfair.com. Plenty of podcasts in the Betfair family as well. We've got NFL Only Better, Cricket Only Better, Racing Only Better, and of course, in the race. Racing World, the Wade in Podcast, as well. From Emmett, from Mark, from Stinch, and from me. It's goodbye, Finn.